This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Welcome to episode 3 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. With Kossi sunning himself in wonderful Scarbados and Danny uniting behind the new Osset team, we're joined by town's very first podcaster, Jamie, the original white. And from behind the laptop to behind the mic, I've got Stu Foster. Hello. Good to be here. And of course the stalwart that is Neil good evening is this bringing back memories for you Jamie yeah um, certainly a different setup than, certainly a different setup than what we were used to where we had a single laptop and a basic microphone that cost about £5 so yeah you've certainly uh, you've outdone me there because you were essentially Huddersfield Town's very first podcaster yeah I think um, probably going back about eight years now, um, myself and Ding, who was a member on Down at the Mac Forum, um, we did quite a few episodes of a podcast for, for Down at the Mac, um, probably spanning a season. We did a few interviews as well. Sean Jarvis, Boothie, um, I met Lee Clark as well, so it was around that era. Yeah, it was really good fun, so I'm looking forward to getting back involved tonight. Good stuff. So, we were quite, again, Neil, for second week in a row we were a little bit bullish weren't we we're quite looking forward to the season and then it's it's going to be a bit of a tough one this week so it's Manchester City 6 Huddersfield Town 1 and we don't like negativity as such but it's a uh, it's a tough one we came a very convincing second on Sunday it was I don't want to criticise too harshly we know the team that we had out but it was toothless I think the biggest bugbear for me on Sunday was the fact that Regardless of the eleven that you put out, you've got players there who were obviously far superior in quality to us, but that doesn't stop you getting in amongst them and ruffling a few feathers and standing on a few toes and making a few. I'm not saying go and break ankles, but make a few tackles. Hurt. And I don't think we didn't put well. It's it's a fact we didn't put one foul in in the first half at all. I think part of me wants to say um, once Christopher Schindler puts that penalty in at Wembley. Part of me always thought there'd be the potential for days like this, and there's potential for more days like this. And one of the contributing factors for me was when you go away to the Etihad, if you catch them on a good day, you're in trouble. If you catch them on a good day, when your spine of the 11 is lacking a bit of experience, so I had a quick look. So we've started with Hamer in goal, um, a quick look at Ben Hamer, and he's played six league games since January 2015 in the Premier League, um, which is not a lot. So despite being 30-year-old, Ben Hamer is still relatively inexperienced at Premier League level. Um, Zanka was absolutely outstanding there last year. We missed, we've missed him. Because we're missing him, Congolo and Schindler are playing together in a back four for what I think is the first time in, in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and if we if we go away to Man Man City, for me, if everybody's a hundred percent fit, 
all available. Nobody's on paternity leave. My midfield three is Danny Williams, Jonathan Hogg and Aaron Moy. And they're all missing as well. So when, you, when you've got John Stankovic making his first Premier League start in a position he's never played before and also Abdelhamid Sabiri, uh, who's always been a number 10. He's had a little go as a number six and number eight in pre-season. He's had to drop back into midfield. But again, this is his first Premier League start in that position. You go away to Man City, you get them on a good day. There's the potential for this to happen. And in reality, Philip Billing in there at number eight is our experienced midfielder. And again, he's only played 30 starts for Huddersfield Town. He's still only 21, 22 years old. So it was always going to be a tough task. And that aside, what made it tougher, um, Neil, was that we were due to start the team with a 5-3-1-1. So a little excerpt from... David Wagner uh, at the end of the game was I'm pleased for John it wasn't easy for him in the last 12 months we prepared him as a centre-back but when City changed their shape to a three he had to play alongside Philip Billing as a six so when you go there with a plan with a, a team which is stripped of five or six quality players for us in the spine and Pep Guardiola throws in that hand grenade an hour before kickoff, it's going to get a bit tricky yeah but I understand all that to take all that on board you need to go there with your best 11, all it in form at the same time. You need them to have a dip to still be with even a remote chance of getting anything out of the game. Um, but like I say, my only criticism, not for the players, about that's what we've got. My only criticism was the fact that we had nobody in there who got in amongst us, started roughing a few feathers. It was just, it was a bit of a training game, to be fair. And I think City played at maybe 75% and looking at town without being harsh, I think we probably did as well. Yeah, I think I think for me we it happened all at the wrong time for me. Two games into the season, we've just been beaten fairly soundly by Chelsea. City have opened with a win. You know they're just wanting to pick up as many points, get as many goals as early on as possible. Last year when we played City, they'd won the title. You know we remember the opening the opening sort of ceremony to that that match. It was all about them, their families, their kids were on the pitch. We turned up. We needed a point. We were scrapping. We were desperate for points, and we got it. This year, completely different scenario. We at this we, we at this stage of the season don't need the points. Man City are playing with a lot more freedom. We had three, potentially four crucial players out. We've got Stankovic and Sabiri, arguably Billing as well, who are three players who, you know, normally certainly wouldn't be in the first team and probably have been earmarked as, as part of the development, part of the future. And we're relying on these guys to turn up at the Etihad and try and go toe-to-toe with City. And to be honest, the 6-1 scoreline didn't surprise me at all. You know, I, I thought we'd lose. I thought we'd lose by a few. A five-goal deficit is, is a bit of a kick in the teeth, but I'm not, I'm not devastated and I'm not too surprised. No, I don't think I'm devastated either. I think I, I probably want to talk about at least a couple of the goals. And I think the first one is the, the, the tale of two goalkeepers, isn't it? I mean, you've got Edison with his first assist for Man City, who from a, a dead ball situation, you know, puts the ball one bounce away from Aguero's toe end. And then we find, you know, our keeper. And I'm, I'm not going to be too harsh on him at the moment on Hamer, but for me, he's at the edge of the box and we've got Schindler you know, attempting to cover Aguero and it felt like an eternity for me. And obviously you, you can see Billing running back towards the goal line as well. And it was like, you've got time to retreat. He need to be back on his line. Back onto yeah. your line and almost let Billing, you know, try, yeah. try and... Yeah. And that was incredibly frustrating. It almost happened in slow motion. And yeah. there's a there's a nice, um, not a nice photograph actually, but uh, where he's flapping for the ball hammer with his with his eyes shut if you <laughs> search on Google, which it's is... a bit like that in stance, to be fair. Eyes shut. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, Taylor two goalkeepers, you've got to give it to Edison. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, Hamer, I've got to put him at fault for the first goal, apart from the, you know, the legendary pass. So, what I'll do, Stu, so we'll read out one thing David Wagner said afterwards as well. So he said, we have to respect how good Man City were today. They were on another level. Every goal which we conceded was easy and avoidable, apart from Silver's free kick. So, and that's what you're alluding to then. I think on one side, it's very easy to criticise individual town players. That the, you know, the manager's done it, so there blatantly were um, errors there. I think what's also good to hear as well is that when we went there last year, we pressed Man City high. Everybody's 
around us is, is quite exciting and you need to get into them you need to get up the field you need to press them high and then as soon as you press them high you've got a player called you know a, a goalkeeper who can drop the ball 80 90 100 yards on a on a sixpence for he, he Aguero. Get into some Premier League teams as a deep line midfielder. <laughs> One conversation me and me and my mate Tom had was he, he nudged me and he went, "If Edison was an outfield player, how far do you think he'd go?" And we were both pretty adamant he'd be League One standard, probably better than that, I think. And and that's the difference. And there aren't many goalkeepers like that. And you can see why Liverpool have gone and spent was it sixty million on on another one as well. Yeah. You look on whoscored.com and it does have Ben De- Ben Hamer down with two errors for the goal. After the game, Neil, we talked and I said potentially there's three there. And you know, as as an ex goalkeeper, I'm also quite defensive of goalkeepers, but I'm also quite critical at the set or can be quite critical at the same time. I, I, I blow hot and cold all over the place. And for me, when a goalkeeper gets beat on his near post as well, I, I always look at that and I always go, "That's one place you kind of should it, it have was, covered." It was three for me. It was three for me, and I don't, I don't want to hang him out to dry. I think he's coming, oh, not. coming to the team when we know. We, obviously, we spoke in the last cast about the reasons why Lossell's not playing, not come back fit, etc. And Aimer had a great pre-season. To be fair, a very good pre-season. To be so, yeah, to be fair to him, he made a great save from Gabriel Jesus just before that. Neil, where you know you you can see you on camera just kind of smiling at him as yeah. as the physio's counting. Yeah, it, it took one nicely. Uh, the jewels, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. they all bang, bang in the crowns, and it was uh, pretty painful. Gabriel Jesus were laughing at him as well. To be fair, yeah, for me it was a bit of a shame because he'd actually made a couple of really good saves, and that's how Jonas Lossel started last season. He made a couple of good saves, and his confidence grew. And yeah. then Ben Hamer's made a couple of really good saves, which which are great. And then he's come out for the Aguero one, where he probably he either needs to come out and do something or he needs to go back you know as a goalkeeper it's very easy to get caught in two yeah. minds and, to, to and those as, as soon as he's got Schindler there and Billings backtracking he's got to backtrack he's just got to get, get back on his line and make it as, as small an area to because he's not let's be honest if he goes back to his line there he's not getting chipped so Simple let's as. let's not dwell too much on, on too much on Ben Hamer he's, he's obviously not had the best of games there but he's, no. there, are, there are a few positives in there as well so um, one other thing what I've done is I opened up a question to the wonderful world of Twitter and I thought this was quite a good debate um, so last year we had um, Lauren de Poitier played at Man City and he sat on Fernandinho who played in that defensive midfield role and Steve Mounier sat on Fernandinho or was supposed to sit on the, the defensive midfielder they, they moved around that much it yeah. was hard to tell from the stand you know who, who the actual you can't tell them they're so fluent aren't they absolutely so but the idea was Steve Mooney would do that and in those games so my, my question was that I opened to to Twitter was in those top six games who would you generally like to see there would you rather see De Poitier in there or would you see Steve Mounier um, yeah I mean I, I saw you put that out and for a long time I've always been a fan of of De Poitre in those games he, you can see when, it, when he either starts a game or comes on as a sub he's got the energy he's harrying around defenders uh, admittedly if he and Mounier were both to do that for 90 minutes I'd probably rely on Mounier to do it for longer but he doesn't do it that's not his style of play he's almost a fox in the box put a chance on his head or on his right foot he'll probably end up in the back of the net a few times out of 10 but I would prefer departure in those games where chances are going to be a premium and we need to be putting pressure on the back line. But we also need to rely on sort of wide players and players with pace to come into the game on the back of that. We didn't have players in that mould against City on uh, on Sunday. So I'm not sure if departure would have made much difference. But I think going forward in those kinds of games, we need to have the right setup. But departure would be centre forward for me. Yeah, I think I would echo that as well. I think De is a bit of a battering ram and I think there's a fear element to him, I think, with the opposition as well because he's a, he's a big lad, right? And he can muscle he can muscle people off the ball. And I see Munier as a, you know, a guy in the box uh, for the headers and the crosses. But when you set up how we set up against City, there was no way that we were going to even get up the lines and, and, and get crosses into the box. So for me, it felt preposterous that we were even you know playing Mooney and people disagree with me but our only chance for you know like we got for Stankovic was a long throw into the box um, Mooney showed his value there yeah yeah. he's got up he's got the flick on exactly that's, but if, that's what he's good at in, in the air 
But if, you, if you're not going to play with an out-and-out out sort of winger or somebody who's going to get wider, your, full, your full-backs aren't going to get final foot pitch in a game like that to get a cross in. And so, if they do, then Mendy just gets in around the back yeah, of them and six yeah, scores I mean, seven or eight. Me, so, me, so, me, yeah. Mendy, was, Mendy was phenomenal on, yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Best player on pitch for me, to be honest. And that, you know, for a left-back to up with three yeah. assists is crazy. But on, on, going on that subject, it's I think De Patra proved last season that in those games... He's, he's got the sort of is there for him. He's scored against Man U, scored in both Chelsea games. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas in the other games against, say, lesser opposition, when we have got more chance of posing a threat out wide, that's where Mounier comes into his own. So what what my thought was when I when I posted this was um, I I would pick Departure in the top six games. I I'm a big fan of both strikers. Um, if you're playing somebody like on Saturday we've we've got Cardiff coming up and we'll talk about them shortly but I would always pick Mounier for that I, I think Mounier's his touch his vision his, his awareness his link up play his speed um, his ability to get into goal scoring positions is is better than De Poitre on a normal level but when you need someone to fight I think Mounier's fighting qualities as to quote David Wagner are a little bit underrated between town fans I think he's good um, he does battle he's he does something something which is really um, not that noticeable uh, and a lot of the time is what one thing that strikers do is they, they do something which is called um, closing the passing lanes uh, whereby they'll stand in certain areas where which which stops the centre-backs from being able to distribute into certain areas of the pitch and I've noticed that Mounier does that quite a lot um, De Poitre, is a battering ram, like you said, and he's a chaser. He is, and there've been, to be honest, there've been games against the top six: uh, Man United away, Liverpool away, where De Poitre was, where we were looking there, thinking, oh, do you know, I wouldn't minded Steve Mounier today, <laughs> and there were. So you know, it's it's hit and miss sometimes, and it's a difficult, very very difficult job when you play teams like that. Um, but in these top six games, with how brave and how lion-hearted De Poitre is, I would probably give that, give him the shirt for it. Just to throw a curveball in on that one, I think there's an argument in those games, especially on, on Sunday when you, you're not going to see much of the ball at all, for playing a Diakabe and Mbenza, somebody who's just ridiculously quick to tear after everything up front and just make their defenders play it a little bit quicker. Neither De Poitra or Mooney is going to do that with any sort of real out-and-out pace. So I think there's a shout for maybe trying that at some point. Yeah, I thought the same, Neil, but you just obviously you wonder if they've got enough. Well, and Benzo, we, he's had no much time no. Right, at all. Uh, and Diakabi, you know, he came on and dared to actually run into the final third and give us a little bit of excitement uh, for a couple of minutes or so. Um, but yeah, he is also not got really much, much time under his belt. So I, I thought about this a lot and, you know, it's like, what did Wagner take out of the game? And it's almost like he's, I felt like he was sort of hiding his true game plan for the rest of the season. And this this season starts whenever mantra, which I'm sure we'll come on to at some point. Um, maybe that's what that means. And we are going to deploy it that way, as you're suggesting. I, I don't think there's any doubt on Saturday that we'll see the 4 2 3 1 again. Yeah. And I think we're guaranteed to see two of Mbenza, Diakabi, Van La Parra, Sobby. Will definitely, two of those will definitely start. I personally would go for Mounier against Cardiff because I think we've got a lot more chance of getting balls in that box on on Saturday. Um, and hopefully we'll have Johnny Og and Aaron Moy back and that'll make a world of difference. So going back to what we did, so the poll, um, the results do surprise me a bit. I know Departure's got quite a cult following online, doesn't he? And I've, been, uh, I've always thought there's probably quite a few sleeper Mounier fans who just can't be bothered engaging. You know, like I'm, I'm probably one of them. I, I like Mounier a lot and he's got great comedy potential as well if you follow his Instagram account. The, the one with the cows is amazing. So we've opened it up and the results. So we've had over a couple of hundred votes, which is really good. So thanks for, for the feedback on that one and uh, getting involved. And 54% De Poitre. So De Poitre's nipped it. Closer than we thought then. 9% went for both, which... I'm Trust not really on board with. Never for me. <laughs> no, no, not no, in no, any no, Those 9% were clearly fans who <coughs> faced town when we've played them both. And 36%. <laughs> and 36% for Steve Mooney. And for me, the best performance we've put in against the top six side 
was against Man United last year. Man United are obviously a different kettle of fish. They're very structured. Um, they don't run across you like Tottenham do, like Man City do. They're very, they, they'll try and attack you one-on-one, one versus one. So it's the, it's a lot easier to go two-on-one against them because you double up. So Man United are probably the easiest top six team to play against. So they'll just put in the thing now because they'll probably there, smash there the 7 There were people comparing our approach on Sunday to Brighton's approach against Man U. Uh, it's and not it, and you, just, you just cannot. Manu play a very, very defensive game and they're so disjointed and all at sixes and sevens at the moment, whereas Man City are just world class. It's, it's different. Like I say, Man City, their right back will end up on the left wing in an attack. You know, yeah. they're all over the place. They buzz around. They're, they're so fluid. And there's there's little graphics that you'll see online where they've got almost, you know, it went from the triangle, used to pass in triangles, and it went from you passing in diamonds and Man City have got this shape which I don't think there's even a, a sided triangle which will <laughs> really cover what they have and it's it's incredible how it's like an around. alloy wheel it, yeah. it's like it's, the middle man and then the points off it all the way around it's, it's, it's unreal it's great to watch and, and Man United are, are very much straight lined you know what I mean yeah. their left winger stays on the left wing yeah. their right winger stays on the right wing and they're a bit easier to, to plan and play against but our best performance in that top six was at home against Man United and for me the key or one of the keys when we were under pressure late in the game was Rajiv Van Lepara came on on the right and he played Best quite well on the right. And an what we had, as well as your striker, because our strikers tend to drop on the defensive midfielder to try and disrupt disrupt in you know, any sort of playmaking that goes on in there. But what we need as well as, it, for me anyway, what we need as well as the, the striker that does that, whether that's Munio or De Poitre, has been touched on already by you, Neil. And that's an outlet somewhere out wide which can play off Mounier which can play off De Poitre and get us up the pitch because what hurt us a little bit for me was the fact that we camped in our own half which is fine but there are certain points in the game where you can't defend like it's the last five minutes for 90 minutes and you have to get up the pitch you have to win throw-ins you have to take the sting out of the game and you have to be able to give yourself a breather at times See my, my issue with being camped in your own half and sort of letting have it in their half and coming onto you once you get into your half, you've got to engage. And Town didn't commit one foul in the first half on, on Sunday. And that, that tells you everything you need to know about how close and how engaged we were. We'll come back to that shortly. So what I'll do is, so thanks for everybody who's got in touch with um, with us via Twitter. Um, so I'll read out some of the comments as well. So there's some good comments that have come in um, about why people have chosen what they've chosen. So, the Ma- so Martin Shaw's come into us and the first thing he says is we need a threat that stops their centre-back setting up camp in the centre circle I wonder if sometimes Mbenza could be used I haven't seen much of him obviously but he looks lightning and has strength has more strength than Diakabi pace will prevent the game from being condensed into our half which which is is a point I've, I've just touched on as well um, so that's a great point Martin um, Harry Farrell as well we need to keep the ball better when we have it in these big games so De Poitre is a better fit for him Dan Peckett uh, De Poitre, more demanding, more consistent, causes more problems for the opposition defenders. He's the only player to score against top six teams, so he automatically should be number one striker. Why he's not is beyond me. That's something I don't fully subscribe to, Dan, but thanks for that. Yeah, I think one of the things we've not really been able to experiment with is in these games, having that kind of raw pace in an upfront position. You know, last season we had Van Lepara and that was basically it, and he's, he's naturally a wide man. I think now that we've got um, the two new lads coming in, Benza and, and Diakabi we've got the opportunity to take a chance and drop someone like Pritchard you know with all due respect to him he's going to be ineffective against the likes of Man City and Spurs and Liverpool because the midfield are just going to crowd him out the defence will, will take on board so why not try one of the new guys maybe push him up a bit higher and, and give him something new to think about so something else to think about as well so people have compared our, our approach to Crystal Palace as well last night and Crystal Palace let, let's be honest, Crystal Palace are, are financially on another level to us. They're paying, I think, Wilfred Zaha's new contracts on like £120,000, £130,000 a week, which is probably our three, our top three earners combined <laughs> together. Um, but the way they set up is is very often a four four two, but with two wingers up front as well who track back and then it drops into a four six zero. But what they do is they break with pace then. They, they're a little bit braver on the ball. And I thought that's one thing which we lacked a little bit was somebody in the midfield just to get on the ball and want to be on the ball it, it felt a bit like a hot potato at times yeah I just don't think we've had the chance to get the players into the system to be going into it second game of the season away at Man City you throw Diakabi and Mbenza in there it's a massive risk and obviously yeah, in hindsight it couldn't have been much worse could it but you do that 
and we lose 6-1 people are turning around thinking Why, what on earth are you doing why not play two wing backs and three centre midfielders why are you playing two attacking wingers we've just been torn apart hindsight's a wonderful thing it might have turned out a different way but all of last season we had one player who could have done that role and you're not going to put Van La Parra up front you know try one of the new guys now but it's no, going to be number 10 Van La Parra he, well, he just exactly. <laughs> didn't click for him for no. all the will in the world it just scored a couple of penalties and that's about it <laughs> yeah so just to finish off those points uh, John Lamb goes back with Mounier uh, Mounier is way better in the air he might not do quite as much work but actually wins headers gains more territory it, if he gets a chance he's a better finisher too um, I think that's true I think the problem which we touched upon is when Mounier does win those headers, there's no one to head it onto, which oh, yeah. which is the problem on which we've alluded to with uh, Dear Carbine and Benz. And the, and the one time that it did win a header on uh, Sunday. We scored, yeah, absolutely. Um, Alfie Kennedy is someone with more pace who could maybe stretch the opposition, so he's gone with an alternative to both. So uh, that's what we've just discussed a little bit as well. Um, and, and that's most of the comments so Some thanks good points. for that I mean would Some you play just, just one of the new guys on their own and drop Mooney and departure altogether I mean it seems not, a bit not, risky not, for me. not against Cardiff I, no oh, I mean, that, in, in the big games well, in the big, game, six, in the big yeah. games I'd I, I, I probably try that route to be honest just for somebody who's got sheer raw pace to just any defender however good they are don't like somebody who's rapid running at them yeah and I think you've got somebody putting them under all, all game and burn them out for 60 minutes chuck next one on for half an hour I think that's it it's like Matt said it's, you need some respite in a game you can't yeah. chase a game for 90 minutes it's it's impossible um, even if it was a Van La Parra or somebody like that who can literally just take it up the pitch and just you know he's not necessarily need an end product he's just just hold the ball and he's yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's he, he, he can he, he can carry the ball and he'll try and take someone on inside outside and yeah. three or four times and then lose it. But you know what? Against or, or some of the or win a free kick, kick. Yeah. Breather, yeah. But against these sides, it's it's valuable breathing space Absolutely. to get get some more air back in your lungs. So just to finish on the Mounier versus Depoitre point, um, any guesses for who the who scored dot com man of the match was? Mounier, Steve Mounier. So there we go. But how are these uh, how are these stats compiled? Is it on assist? Is that given? Yeah, him I think the assist has given a bit. <laughs> yeah, and Stankovic has got is a, Stankovic a second good one. Yeah, right, he's got, yeah. Um, does he get second? He does indeed. Right, so yeah. Yeah, stats are great. Aren't they? You can yeah. you can tell a million <laughs> stories. Yeah, yeah. The, the one thing we take out of it is it shows that we have got that assist in as with Mooney's Mooney's uh, prowess. So yeah. one thing we've we've touched upon a little bit here and and has been debated quite a lot on on social media as well in all forms is a lack of terrier spirit is what people are saying online do we have we kind of gone backwards a bit and there's the david La- uh, david wagner line that i forgot last week which is it doesn't matter how experienced you are, it doesn't matter how big you are it doesn't matter how experienced you are um if you've got passion desire um you've got no limits and i love that absolutely love that um when we the, the point online is that when we go away to places like that do we lack that terrier spirit and one thing Paul Ince has said on Match of the Day too and I'm not a big Paul Ince fan in general with with when he talks but it was along the, the lines of what people have been saying and um, so he's alluded again alluded to no foul in the first half and I'll just read out the bit first and it says when it was pointed out Tan didn't commit a foul in the first half when they trailed 3-1 it Ince explained how he felt David Wagner's side should have gone about the task which is a very typical Paul Ince thing to do uh, I can understand Huddersfield playing like they did after last year getting a point at the Etihad but if you are going to play in a deep block when City get to a certain position on the pitch you have to go and engage all Huddersfield did was run across run across run across and allowed City to get into the way they wanted to play that's what Stankovic did for all game he sort of crabbed it in a classic Ray Wilkins manoeuvre side to side for 90 minutes but again is he a victim of circumstance I suppose yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah ideal world Stankovic Severi they're not playing on set on Sunday are they to be fair I think I think with regards to that loss of terrier spirit I think since we got promoted to the Premier League we've lost some of it but not through any desire of our own. I think we just had to adapt the way that we play. In the Championship, we took a lot of teams by surprise for pretty much the entire season. 
and we were able to get up and out of teams. The, the gap in quality between us and the rest of the division was not as significant as it is in the Premier League. So admittedly, we've, we've probably had to lose some of that spirit purely because we've had to adapt the way that we play. With regards to that no limits quote, I definitely think with these first two games, the club has sort of neglected that. I think Wagner's post-match comments have been a bit defeatist, almost like, well, these teams are better than us. What what more could we do sort of thing? And I mean, I, I spotted a, a tweet by... And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win... Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A club which was controversially deleted straight away, which was a quote, um, it was yesterday, it was the season starts now. And even though most of us, you know, the guys in this room and most of the fans, deep down we believe that, you know, the season was starting against Cardiff, it's, it's not really the sort of thing you'd like to hear the club come out with. Just, just don't say anything. I, I, I actually messaged Matt and told him about that that they brought that up, yeah. and that I didn't agree with it. Yeah, just, just I'm, don't I'm say all anything. for everything town do publicity wise. I think they're brilliant marketing wise, etc. I think you know with Sean Jarvis, what have you, I think they do everything top notch and have done for a lot of years. But little bits like that, they've just got to be careful before they press yeah. send. Yeah, it, it's a strange message to put out in it because people. You know, people are paying money to go and watch town first of all, and if they're yeah. writing them off before they even get there, then you know what's the point? Extra and, yeah, and I don't know if we're going to have the apathy conversation, or maybe save that for another day. Um, but you could understand it, you know, based upon those sort of comments. So the, the dangerous sort of things to to, to put out. Yeah. So I, I dug up the the quote, the full quote, because. It seemed a strange thing to say, saying the season starts now and to write off two games where in one of them I thought we had a fair chance of getting something against Chelsea. Um, so I've dug out the full quote, which is... We are the, Wag- dis- the Wagner quote. The Wagner yeah, quote, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot better. So he says, we are disappointed. We can leave these results behind us now. We expected more, but we have two defeats. Now the season starts against Cardiff in front of our own fans. And and when you put it like that, it gives it more of a context. a context about it rather than just stripping out the part which says the season starts now against Cardiff. Which well, that, that bit there is what the club... Yeah, are. and not everyone is. will have heard the full context of yeah. the interview. So, no. you know, your average Joe turns up on Twitter on a Monday morning, sees that and thinks... Still, oh, still spent 60 quid on tickets, yeah. And the thing is, we all know it. Yeah, we we know it, but yeah, we don't yeah. need. You just it. need to. We don't need it. Yeah, don't say it. I, th- I think one thing to add in as well is that take goal difference out of it. Arsenal have had an identical start to the season to us. So, <clears throat> so we can see that with the season starts now mantra, it's aimed to galvanise. So we'll finish on that, but it's it's aimed to galvanise, but it's probably been misconstrued. It's a bit misplaced, bit. isn't it? I think yeah. nothing more than. There's, there's, there's other messages that the club could have put out to help galvanise the fans. You know, the whole us against the rest, no limits, terrier spirit, it, it's, that's lacking from that quote. And to be honest, I think it's lacking a bit from, from what Wagner said, even with the full context. I'm, I'm, I'm not one for giving um, team news to the opposition too early, but I think a great message for fans this week is if Zanka and Hogg and Moy are available on Sunday for Saturday, sorry, let everybody know now. Let everybody know that big hitters are back in and we're really fired up for this this weekend because it's, you know, like, like, like everyone said, <laughs> we all know it. It does start this weekend now and it's, but it's got to start this weekend now. 
I, I, I just hope that Aramoy doesn't get the standard two weeks paternity, you know, the SSP. I think, <laughs> I think you might see Aramoy there on Saturday. Um, no, I, I agree. I think I think David Wagner has said that we'll make a decision on Zanka. I don't think they actually know until the end of this week because he's not due to rejoin training until Thursday, Friday. But a positive picture maybe of Zanka in training, does, it does send out a little bit. And I think after two heavy defeats, I think town fans are a little bit bit downtrodden already, yeah, aren't we? A little bit tetchy. I mean, I wouldn't be too too concerned if Sanger misses out on the next game because we'll we'll probably play four at the back. The two centre-backs will be um, Schindler and Congola. Yeah. I think, as I said right at the start, it was awful timing, the fact that we lost a centre-back when we have to go to City and play three at the back. Yeah. And your, your other option is Stankovic, who they ended up pushing forward. I, yeah, I wouldn't be too downhearted if Sanger missed on Saturday because I think Congola and Schindler were more than adequate. So, with Cardiff coming up, you've had a, a little look at uh, a couple of old boys, Neil. Cardiff are chock full of town old boys. Apart from the management team of Warnock, Blackwell and Rocket, Ronnie Jepson, they've got Alex Smithies, Lee Peltier, Sean Morrison, Jazz Richards, who was sort of lesser known for being at town on loan from Fulham, I think we had him. Um, Anthony Pilkington, who interestingly enough hasn't been given a squad number, and Danny Ward, who's squad number nine. And looking from what they, their team was at the weekend, I think Sean Morrison's probably the only nailed them one that we'll see, to be honest with his not played yet. Mm, I'm, I'm expecting them to be really awkward, difficult to break down. Uh, similar in a way, I know I'm, I'm going down the Welsh route, but similar to the Swansea game last year as well, whereby... They'll be well versed on defending their own box. They've got Sean Morrison. They've got Bruno Ekul Manga. I think his his name is as yeah. well. And Sol Bamba, who has been nicknamed Sol Bombscare before in his career from the way he takes the ball out from the back. But at Cardiff, he's he's very much limited in in what he can do. And I think if we go there and we just put the ball out to flow like we usually do, and he throws across into one man in the box, it's going to be a bit of a frustrating day. So maybe there's going to be a case of you know, a case for patience. It's going to be a, a really awkward, attritional game. Yeah, I think so. I think um, Cardiff are going to be scrapping a lot this year, trying to scrape points here and there. I looked at the, um, just tried to pull up some stats beforehand. And last year, I think they scored fewer than most of the teams in the top six in the championship last season. They've obviously drawn a blank twice already this season. Yeah, they're going to be relying on the points here and there, scraping the 1-0 wins, because I don't think they're going to score many. So I think on Saturday, we really have to be on the front foot. And if, we're, if we're being realistic about it, Town are probably one of the games as an away game that they've targeted to get something. We, we'd yeah. be the same with them. It's it's horses for courses, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a difficult game. I think. I hope people don't go there expecting us to roll them over. It's not going to be pretty. No, at all. It's going to be a classic mid-season championship game, almost, isn't it? In basically in August, <laughs> it takes me back to your point as well, as well, Jamie, about Congolo playing centre back because against Swansea last year, Congolo played left back, and he doesn't always get forward massively. Um, so against Swansea, what happened was the ball was shifted out to the right hand side constantly, and I think Flo Hadajinai put close to fifty crosses or something in that game, and I think only four or five of them hit a target. So I just hope that we vary a little bit which could make it could hopefully make us less predictable yeah we're going to have to be a lot more inventive and I think we've got the players this season to be more inventive than just putting the balls down the wing and trying to cross it into Munier or De Poitre. Um yeah as you mentioned Cardiff are going to be strong defensively they've got that aerial presence as well so we could have a very frustrating game if we just try and ping it into the box and try and win some headers we're going to need to be a lot more a lot more creative so the question is Stu is it going to be our first three points on Saturday? Uh, well, I'm the eternal optimist, so I would say yes. And, you know, looking back at last season, we had, what, was it eight points out of the first five games? And I think we can probably match that this season. And in two or three weeks' time, we'll all be sat here feeling completely different about about town. And, um, yeah, I'll go, I'll, go for, I'll go for a 2-0. You're asking me now, aren't you? Mm. Town win 2-1 Alright I'm going to be the pessimist and think it's going to be an ex- excruciating draw 0-0 1-1 something like that I'm kind of leading 
leaning towards what you've said, Jamie, but I think we could just nick this by a goal. I, I don't think people appreciate how hard this, this game will be because of how scrappy they are. And I think this is going to be a really, really difficult one. I agree, but I think um, with the words that have come out of uh, Magna's mouth where the season starts this week and we've just come off the back of two poundings, let's put it straight, then they, they need to come out. And, and let's, come be, out let's be fair, this, this, this tee on Saturday is probably going to show at least five changes from Man City game. I'd guess at least five. So I think you, you, the cliche again, but it's a season starter, isn't it? It begins on Saturday. It's like this, isn't it? If we if we don't come away with three points from that game, then we'll be having the apathy conversation sooner <laughs> sooner we rather will. than later. We will. <laughs> I, I look at the two fixtures after a bit different to you, Stu. I look at Everton and think, oh, Everton don't look too bad. Richarlison's hit some form. That That's going to be a difficult one. And I remember going there last year and we offered very very little against a very poor Everton team as well and I just hope that when we do go there we don't fear them as much as we, we did last year. I, I just want to see us utilise what we've bought we've gone out with a purpose this summer to buy Sobby for a lot of money for us, to buy Mbenza on loan, to buy the Akabi again for a lot of money for us and hopefully we've bought them for a reason so we're not going to go to Everton, Leicester, etc. Hard games, yeah, but we're going to go there with fresh players, better players, and be able to try and hurt these teams. Yeah, I imagine that apart from when we're playing the top six, we're going to be sticking to that four-two-three-one formation with a bit of flexibility, which will allow us to play Mbenza, Diakabi, Van La Parra, you'd hope as well. Otherwise, what's the point? What are we here for? Yeah, and I think the other thing, the other player that we've not mentioned really is is, is Eric Derm. And um, I, I'm sure we all watched pre-season on HDTV and um, I just remember that one pass um, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> baller. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? So if, if we can keep that guy fit and healthy, then he is our you know secret weapon. To be honest, Wagner's saying that he's going to bring him back or... Uh, well, getting firstly in the team for the Stoke Cup game and that's sort of making me swing towards getting in car to Stoke. Just to go and <laughs> yeah. see him. Is that two, week, two weeks today, is that? Or one it's week? on my week, birthday. Week, week today, today. right, yeah. It's, it's my birthday, lads, next week, isn't oh, it? So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we'll get win. to the next round, yeah. So yeah, I'm thinking a little trip to Stoke. I mean, that's not far, you know, one week away to start seeing this player playing a competitive match is... In, 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 in let's be honest, a nothing game. Yeah, I know the club will ever sell it as a nothing game, but it, it's a great chance to give a couple of these lads, you know, chuck a couple of these wingers in, give them ninety minutes, get Dermin, get Danny Williams in for a full game. Yeah, and life in the Premier League as well. Let's face it, what what are we challenging for? In all honesty, so you know, survival. Yeah, we're challenging for survival, and yeah. that's the sort of maximum. Yeah. So you know, all of a sudden, these cup competitions where you could get a little run together, all yeah. of a sudden they're a bit more appealing, aren't they? And for me, I'd I'd be going for it. Mm. Yeah. Do you play him right or left back, Eric Dem? I'll hold my hands up and say I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he was, he was a left back. He actually started as a striker in in at Borussia Dortmund uh, two. Yeah. Um, I think he also played wing a little bit as well, and David Wagner yeah. moved him to left back. But he's also played right back as well, and I think he's he's a t- from, generally two foot player. From clips, is I mean we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, and he's genuine, he's genuinely two footed, genuine quality, and I don't think it'll make a blind bit of difference which side he plays on. I think he'll just be very good in either. I mean, in which case, sorry, I mean I'd I'd be dropping Lerva if if it's a case of where to play him. It's a case of who do you drop. And I'd rather see Lerva drop out than than Hadijanai. I think Hadijanai is more of a, a threat going forward, which is which is what we're relying on. We're relying on balls in. It's a back four and Congolos there as well as a fit Zanka. Mm. It gets a t- it's a tricky yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. It's a tricky one. Yeah. But will he play him further up pitch in that case? Potentially. So who does? Yeah, I mean this mm. lad's played at top level for Dortmund. He's, he's got a World Cup winner's medal. This lad is no mug. He's fit, he's in team. Throw in as well that Flo Hadajanai to me looked really good in central midfield last year at Old Trafford in particular. Little yeah. cameos in centre mid, so it opens up other possibilities as well. Yeah. And one thing I think we maybe lack through the centre of the pitch is is pace. You look at 
I know, okay, the, the different level, like the Man Cities and Liverpool. And Liverpool last night, they've got Naby Keita running through the middle and everybody has a quick player. You know, you, you look at Everton and we got destroyed, well, destroyed probably by Idrissa Gay. Yeah. Um, another quick player who breaks play up, Angola Kante, Jorginho, they're all quick for Chelsea. And I, I, I kind of look at that and Hadajanai is a really quick player. You know, his foot, foot wide, you know, foot speed's really good. Um, so the question is, you don't want to drop Jonathan Hogg because he's pretty much everything what we do. But if he's not fit, Hadijan is a really good fit for that central midfield spot yeah, if if Eric Derm can play right back. And speaking of right backs, Neil, we have a new one signed last week, at the end of last week. Uh, D'Amico Dehaney has joined on a free from Manchester City. I, I think none of us will really know much about him. Um, two caps for England in the 20s uh, last year. Uh, which he got at 18 years old, which is pretty good to get in at that point. He signed a two-year deal with an option for a third. Um, he's played for Man City's senior side in the Checker Trade Trophy. And every time you say Checker Trade Trophy, I think of the jingle as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as well yeah, and he's he's been in the uh, he's been on the bench in the Carabao Cup and uh, and the Champions League as well. So he's he's someone who has become available, and apparently we've beaten off quite a lot of teams to to get to him. Um, with the academy going, uh, with the academy recruitment changing tact, I hope this is something that we see more of, you know, kind of bringing these players in from top-end clubs. I see a lot of players, um, I'm going to go extremes, um, you know, there's a, there's a lad at Arsenal whose, name's escaped me, uh, name, whose name escapes me, uh, Jaden Sancho, another one at Manchester City who's decided to go to Borussia Dortmund because yeah, he's going to get most for yeah, and he's, he's got a created a goal the other day as well which was really good uh, there are others as well that are now starting to go to journey Reese Oxford I think is, is one that's due to go over Red, yeah, Red Bull Leipzig or Rassen Ballenspor Leipzig is to get around the rules have, have been I know <laughs> they've been looking at um, Adimola Luckman they want him permanently from Everton I don't think that ended up going through in the no, end the, the, I think they saw that yesterday quoting 28 mm, million now that's crazy yeah. um, but these young players are now starting to go do you know what? Man City, Liverpool, Man United, my pathway is blocked. I'm not going to get into that team. And and it's true. It's something I've bemoaned for a long time is that if you go to Manchester City, where's your pathway? I know we're going Ross Wilson pathways, aren't we? But where's your route into the first team? Um, and you go to Huddersfield, who've got a smaller development squad. I, I kind of hope, I know that money's tight and we've seen Dean Hall last week say that the budget's going to get smaller year on year as wages get larger. Um, but I just kind of hope that we have one or two of these lined up because with a smaller development squad, there's, we may there's see There's got to be a lot of these potential. players out there. There's got to be a lot of gems to be had. And, you know, if they're coming from Man City's academy and they've got up to sort of... 2021 before they're getting released they've clearly got something about them to get to that age group anyway and of course we've already got a decent right back from Man City at 18 we have we um, have Mr Smith who did alright I thought against Man City on Saturday it, it was a tough game um, I like Tommy Smith I'm, I'm biased I do as well I can't begrudge him anything I think he's <laughs> he's been absolutely amazing for the club I, I think from when he first came in he made, he made his debut away at Sheffield Wednesday it was a live game on TV anything who was this Tommy Smith very, very good. He's been good since. I think I might be wrong in saying this, but I think Tommy Smith was potentially our first signing when we got to the championship. Could well be, yeah. I might have to look that one up. Sure. If it's if it's I'm wrong, sure. I'm going to delete. We will pick you up on it if you're wrong. Though. I think last season he was possibly our leading assister, and uh, not last season. Sorry, the promotion season, leading assister. Yeah, him, him third and top, were phenomenal. Third or fourth top yeah. goal scorer as well from right back. You know, he was, he was yeah, a second top assister in the league at one point yeah. as well. Yeah, I thought he would be. One of our first big sales, um, you know, with the with the desire for big clubs to buy, you know, youngish English talent. The the sort of season that he had in our promotion season, I thought it'd be one of the big mm. big transfers to go. Well, the rumor so was if up. if we failed to get promoted, Tommy Smith was going to Brighton. And mm. Was was the rumor? Apparently, that was going to happen, according to certain sources, um, media sources, I should point out. Um, so that's that's a new guy in. So why don't we open it up to Twitter questions, which is always a dangerous scenario, isn't it? So I did post this one out a little bit late, so we've only got one. So we do have one person who seems to have 
fallen in love with your voice a little bit, and that's uh, can't blame Graham him to be fair, can you? Can't blame Graham Rayner. Graham Rayner. <laughs> Bits of Broad Yorkshire. Because he likes it. <laughs> and a good lad is Graham. Here is Graham's question. Uh, which of our new signings do you think we should have played on Sunday? Who would they have come in for and why? And he does make a mention that hindsight is a wonderful thing. He says he'd have played Janino instead of Sabiri because of his energy and willingness to put himself about. We've touched upon it a little bit, but... Would you guys have changed anything? When I saw the team, I was filled with dread. Um, but when you look at the team that we had available, or more more so those that weren't available, I don't think you had many more options other than going... Because if you looked at our bench, Dear Carby and Benza, Sobby, Van Lepara, you're following us on bench... Danny Williams, who's clearly not fit enough yet. Um, I can't remember who the sub now, to be fair, apart from Keeper. Yeah, well, I mean, he, I'll hold yeah. my hands up and say I wouldn't have done anything differently based on the players that were available. I would not have played wingers, out-and-out wingers in that, no. in that, in that match because, yeah, it, it probably would have also ended 6-1 and Wagner would have been slated for being too attacking. I think that's it. And obviously... You know, we, he puts a beer in there, and he's he's a new player as far as I'm concerned. We've hardly seen much of him, haven't we? And he, yeah. he's he's had a decent pre-season. If you look at uh, the videos, he didn't really cover himself in glory. Um, but he's one of them who I would class as a as a, as a new signing for this season, almost. And, and let's be fair with Sabiri. If he'd not played these first two in, if, sorry, if he'd not come on against Man City Sunday, you wouldn't have expected to see him against Cardiff this week. So to see him lining up against Man City, that's that that were and the club are featuring him in in little vox pops and videos, are they? Yeah. So it's like they're readying him to to bring him yeah, into the to, bring to the through, first yeah. team proper. So you know we're going to see more of him. Yeah. So the only thing I'd say on Janino is is that I kind of see where Graham's going. So he's saying we've bought a central midfielder. Yet. Yeah, it's we've like played, for like. Yeah, we've yeah, played a centre back and a number ten in midfield, and I think the only point I'd make to counter that would be that uh, Janino injured himself early on in pre-season and he himself didn't get too many games during pre-season and David Wagner's somebody who likes people to be fully uh, entrenched within the squad and have had you know had some form of experience in there and it was probably a bit too soon. Well he also says a lot that the the players won't be thrown straight in like we didn't see him bench on bench for Chelsea game because they've got as much work to do in classroom as they have on training pitch to learn, you know, the, the sort of the town identity and the way we play. So to throw a relative kid in, in Janino, who's not played that much football pre-season, although I do see what Graham's I can at. I can see the reasoning for it. He's a genuine central midfielder, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, so I, I get that. But I think the problem is his, his injury in pre-season's probably slowed him down in his, his start, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he wasn't even on the bench indicates that he's not even half ready to step I mean, in and whether, you know, to start him would be... Looking at the situation we found ourselves in with no hog, no moy, Danny Williams not fit enough. I think we I think we mentioned the first podcast that my my biggest concern of the summer recruitment, and I think it's been good to be honest. But with Adam Moy going away for the Asian whatever it is in January for a few weeks, with the likelihood of Johnny Hogg getting injured. Billing sort of flits in and out of form, even though when he's on it, he's class. Um, Danny Williams, obviously, injury record's not great. That just leaves us a bit glaring for when we get to January midfield-wise, and I think that showed already we're two games in. And, it, you know, the central midfield, if you're going in with Sabiri, Stankovic, Adagini, Billing, it's, it's not ideal, is it? Another question is coming from a, a mate of mine, uh, Simon Copland. Um, he said he's surprised to see Mooney and Dupuatra up top in both games at a certain point so far, uh, given that the system wasn't tried in pre-season. Do you think we've perhaps missed a trick in not working on that a little bit during pre-season, or I, do you think it's just I, a plan? We spoke about this last Z. week, didn't we? I, I just don't get it. I, I, I just don't get it at all. It's, as soon as I saw Dupuatra coming on at half-time, I'll be honest, I just assumed that it were taking Mounier off. Yeah. And then I saw Mounier come out and I'm thinking, well, 
we're, we're, we're going down this, I can't even say tried and tested. It, the times we've tried it, it's just, it just don't work. And so, so to see that happening again on uh, on Sunday, I mean, if you're going to, to bring an extra striker on and text the beer off, for me, that's when you do chuck a Dia Carby or an Mbenz or a Van Lepara on and just put somebody rapid alongside Mounier to, you know, start arrying and chasing stuff down. But to put somebody on who's just none of that, I, I just found it odd, to be fair. Yeah, I, I don't. I can't remember a game where it's worked for us as a system, to be honest, um, either starting or bringing one of them off the bench. I don't think it's a system that's suited to football in 2018. I mean, you look at the rest of the Premier League, the only other team that plays it even now and again, is Burnley. They'll, they'll sometimes play two up top and with Barnes and Vokes, but not every match. And it doesn't always Watford work out did, for them. They just last did game. Watford do it? Dini, a little and large. I mean, that's yeah, but not, not, not that style. Not no. two of the same style. Exactly. You know, no. Burnley are the only one who, who sort of do touch upon that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever do it. I, I don't see it ever working for us. Not when we've got sort of uh, you know, standings like Diakabian and Benza, whilst not being pure out and out strikers, they, you know they should be able to play that role, dropping off the off the big guy. No, like, like we say, we did touch on it last week, Neil. And what what also happens is they become isolated at top, so one of them ends up being sacrificed to drop in at number ten, which also doesn't work. And I think it also proves that David Wagner has not yet listened to this podcast. And he needs to start listening and taking that on board. I hope he never does, to me. <laughs> <laughs> but what, one thing for me, um, Simon, what I'd probably have a look at is I, I agree in that De Poitre and Mounier are just systematically programmed to attack that first ball. And even on Saturday, they both went for the first ball and neither ran off each other again. And, and it was only really when Diakabi came on that Man City just had to think about something and I think it was the uh, left cent- left sided centre back Laporte who had one or two little moments with Diakabi yeah, yeah. and it was Diakabi's speed which, which caused that and if we are to push more men up I, I, I would look at maybe Kachunga someone to run across or Diakabi run behind I think it was Laporte who uh, Sobby turned inside out at one point as well yes I was so, quite impressed by that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Very think that, that that shocked everyone, just including the the team. To be fair, it was yeah. like, oh, you know, we've actually just beat them in the yeah. box and yeah. shock it, and I don't. Know, we just yeah. didn't deliver the final ball, but it was like, wow, we well, are capable. Now, you, you look Turn at them inside out. out, and I'm expecting to see two of these four wingers starting, and I don't. We've it, got to. We've just got to. Okay, so that is pretty much it for this week. If anybody would like to get involved with the post-match post-match breakdown that we have on Saturdays, just drop the Twitter account a quick message. We're always looking for people to get involved and, and offer an opinion as well. And thanks to everybody who's got involved so far. So thanks to uh, Dan Porritt, uh, a.k.a. at Ginger Ogre on Twitter. And the Relentless Machine, that is Elliot Wheat Bowen from Talk of the Town. Uh, thanks again guys and if you guys would like to get involved again just drop us a quick message and we're always looking for people and and Kossi's usually milling around the gas club somewhere as well with his phone looking for people to chat to so thanks again for listening thanks for all your support and we'll catch you again next week is this the moment for Lee Fowler it is take your place in Division 2 Huddersfield Town he's missed Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Pate's got a chance. Pate scores! Jack Pate scores! Heffel is in there! Schmidt scores for Huddersfield Town! 3-2 Town! Boris Jerry, Danny Ward saves, Danny Ward saves. The quatch was in, round the hair, 2 0 Huddersfield Town. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance.
Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.